Isabel Richards is a student at Redmond Proficiency Academy. She and her friends have spent too much of their young lives organizing support for stricter gun laws and mobilizing other students to support their efforts. She spoke at the March for Our Lives rally in Bend, Oregon on June 11th, and this conversation is being recorded on June 26, 2022. Isabel Richards, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'd like to um, talk to you a little bit, ask you if you could um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. How, how old are you? Um, I am 16. And what year in school are you? Um, I just finished my sophomore year. Okay. So what are some of your favorite uh, classes? Um, I'm really interested in, like, kind of history stuff. I had a really amazing AP US history teacher this last year, and I had a great experience in his class. Um, I also really enjoy math. And what other, are there any other, are there any school activities outside of the classroom that you enjoy? Um, I do a lot of skiing, uh, downhill skiing, cross-country skiing, and water skiing. Um, okay. I was on a cross-country team this last winter. Um, I got to do a class through RPA. Um, for downhill skiing, um, and then I also water ski all summer. So what about um, music? Do you have any favorite musicians that you've been listening to lately? Um, I don't listen to a ton of music. Um, uh, RPA has a really cool music program, and so I enjoy listening to the albums that they release, though. They're pretty cool, and it's really cool to hear the voices of, you know, younger people that I know, um, and a lot of them are, you know, LGBTQ+, or are singing a lot about, like, those kinds of struggles and struggles in schools, and so it's just really cool to hear about that kind of stuff. And you, you also, you have a part-time job? Uh, yes. Yeah at McDonald's in Madras. Okay. Um, have you given any thoughts to what you want to do after you graduate? Um, a bit. I'm hoping, so this next year for my junior year, I'll be going to a school in France for 10 months. Um, and so I'm hoping to do something with that one day. I want to maybe work as an ambassador in France or something in international relations or like the State Department. Yeah, you talked about that briefly at the March for Our Lives, and I want to get, I want to get back to it. Um, but the first question I wanted to really ask you um, about the issue that we're talking about is, do you recall um, what went through your mind when you first heard about the, the recent the school murders in Texas? Yeah, um, I was going to the grocery store when I saw the notification. I'm subscribed to the New York Times, and so I get all their emails. And I saw the email talking about the shooting, and it was 
old to hear about. I almost didn't go to school the next day, and it was it's just heartbreaking to see those types of things, and the world just keeps on and really seems to care anymore. Do you do you feel um do you feel safe at school uh, or at work and at work? I think as a whole, it's hard for kind of in general to really understand that type of risk. And so I don't feel like I'm going to school every day like, oh, I really hope that nothing happens today. But every once in a while, I'll be going to an event or going to a club or something will be happening in town and I'll go into work and I'll say to myself, oh, if something were to happen in town today, my school or my work or something would be a target. Um, like, I've been to some pride events. And I think if something is going to happen in town, this is probably going to be the target today. Or I go to uh, one of the more uh, left-leaning schools in Redmond. And so if something were to happen in Redmond, we would be one of the first targets. And so it's just awful that I feel like I have to be calculating those risks all the time. So does your school, do you have, have you had held any um, drills um, of kind of what to do uh, if a shooter somehow manages to get onto the campus? I don't remember, I don't actually remember holding any at RPA, though I'm sure we have. But back in middle school, I went to school over, and we've, we actually had quite a few threats. Um, nothing ever actually happened, but one time for several days, we weren't allowed to go outside without a chaperone because we had a threat. That that must have been really, um, really disconcerting. I mean, kind of scary, I would think. Yeah, it was pretty awful. There were a lot of people younger students mostly that didn't really understand exactly what was happening and so a lot of people just thought it was funny and I don't think anybody really understood exactly what the risk there was and so it was just really disconcerting. Have you ever thought about um, escape routes? Uh, from either school or, or work or uh, anywhere, really. Yeah, I I find on the first couple days of school, every time I walk into a new classroom or my first couple days at work when I walked in, I just find myself thinking, if someone were to come in through the hallway, how would I escape? Where would I hide? Where, where are the windows in the void, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm asking these questions because, you know, someone like me and even people who are way younger than me, we've never 
we never had, we never thought about that kind of stuff when we went to school or when we went to work. It was it was not it, it was just not something that that we ever had to think about, and so it's just really disturbing to me to know that students your age are having to go mm-hmm. through this stuff. It, it's, I mean, you know, it, it's got to feel really, um, I don't know, you know, I mean, I just, I just can't imagine what it feels like. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's just exhausting every time to just have to keep thinking about those types of things and to have to keep holding these protests and events and talking about it online, talking about it on these types of podcasts. It's, I enjoy speaking about it and I think it's really important, but I just think it's awful that it's something that I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> your, your life, your life shouldn't, shouldn't include this. Um, at, at the March for Our Lives uh, in Bend, you talked about that you were going to be an exchange student. How many months are you going to be in France? Um, around 10 months. I'm leaving yeah. mid and I'll be returning mid-June. And you, you talked about how you thought that you, you kind of anticipated that the school experience might be different there compared to what it is here in the U.S. Can you can you amplify on that a bit? A bit? Yeah. Um, so um, when I first decided that I was going to go to France, I did some research into how their laws, especially gun laws, differ from laws in America. And they have a lot stricter laws. Um, and they also don't, use self-defense as a valid reason to own a gun, uh, which I think is pretty important because nobody out there really needs an AK-47 for self-defense. Like, in, in no universe is that a weapon that you would be able to use for self-defense. And so... I looked into a lot of those laws, and I was talking to my grandmother about them, and she said to me, oh, when you're in France, you're going to be the only kid, the only grandkid that I don't worry about, because I was going to be in the area that I was in, just has much safer gun laws, and I was going to be at much less risk, and I, it's just, really disheartening and just completely crazy to me that my grandmother has to worry about those kinds of things. Whenever my grandma sees, oh, there was a school shooting that happened, she has to think, oh my God, I really hope that it wasn't one of my grandkids. And that shouldn't be something that my grandparents and my parents and my aunts and my uncles and siblings, cousins, everyone, nobody should have to see an article like that and go, I really hope that wasn't my family member. Yeah, and and 
you, you, just so you understand, I mean, generations of exchange students have gone to countries all over the world from the U.S. and have never, ever had to research or felt that they had to research gun laws before they decided to go. It's, it's, uh, it's a horrific thing that you have to do that. Truly, yeah. I think I think my main my main thing that I like to make sure people are taking away when I am speaking about something is that I am honored that I am able to speak on these topics, but I am disgusted that I have to. Yeah. How long have you been active in, in the movement? Um, I've been really active in the um, gun control movement, um, mostly just this year. Uh, but I've been interested in politics and social justice since, I would say, around 13 years old, so for about three years now. On the issue of guns, what do you want to see happen? I, in, there, in a lot of other countries, people are allowed to own guns for hunting and for competitions and that kind of stuff. And I think that that is perfectly okay as long as you're owning guns that are for that purpose and you're actually using them for that purpose. If your argument is, you know, you can't take guns away from me because I'm a hunter and I'm responsible and so I should be able to hunt uh, and not have to have my guns taken away. Great, but you don't need to, you don't need a assault rifle to hunt deer. And so, honestly, what I'm looking for is just common sense. Just background check, limits on capacity and types of guns you're allowed to own and a lot more certifications. As soon as I get a driver's license, I'm not allowed to drive commercial semis. I have to get another license for that. And so if I'm able to buy a gun, I shouldn't just be able to buy any type of gun. It should be more strict than that. I think the main thing I'm looking for is just more regulation for certification, for background checks, for types of guns you're allowed to own, and just common sense stuff in general. You, um, you've talked to members of the Redmond School Board about this issue. What, what's been their response? Yeah, we've spoken to members of the Redmond School Board about um, putting in stricter um, putting in stricter rules about um, weapons on campus, and we have had no positive responses at all. Every, nobody has been willing to hear us out. Nobody has been willing to um, discuss it with us. They have just said, sorry, we're not doing that, and gone on with 
their jobs. And I just, it's really disappointing to tell the Redmond School Board is supposed to serve the Redmond School District. And so it's just really disappointing to tell them this is something that we are looking for. This is just a common sense rule. Nobody needs a weapon on a school campus. Why are you still allowing this? And they just aren't listening to us at all. Have you been following the debate in Congress over gun legislation? I have been following it. I think it's a really amazing first step. And I think it's, it's incredibly important to have that first piece of legislation put into place so that we can kind of, there has to be a start to the legislation. And I think that what we have in place is a great start. But my issue is that because we have one, a lot of people, especially congressmen and congresswomen, are going to say, oh, we already, we already dealt with the gun issue. We can move on now. But while this is great legislation, it's not good enough. And just because we have this one piece of legislation, we still need more. And I don't, I, we need to make sure that we aren't just going, oh, we already, we put something in place, so we're good now. We're done with that. We can move on. We, I just feel like we need to make sure that we are um, still fighting the fight, even though we've made some progress. Has there been any conversation in the Redmond schools about arming teachers? I don't think there's been a ton of conversation, at least not that I have heard. But I have spoken to a couple teachers themselves about it. Um, my mom is actually a teacher, and we've kind of discussed it a little bit. And I think the concept of arming teachers is completely absurd. There is no world in which being armed and having to fight a person with a gun in order to save these children that you've been tasked to teach should be part of a teacher's job. That is just completely insane to me. And I also think that inviting more weapons onto campus is an awful idea. If, I mean, if there's weapons, you have to have ammo for it. So now we're just supplying potential attackers with more materials to hurt us. And so even if somehow teachers were willing to add having a gun to fight off intruders to their job description, it just doesn't make sense because we're making the problem bigger. We're inviting more guns onto campus. We're giving people more materials to hurt others with. I, and I just don't think the solution to the problem is more guns, I guess. So what's been the response of, of your classmates and, and, and your peers to the work that you're doing? Um, I've had a really a lot of really positive responses um, from a lot of classmates. I've had a lot of friends that have been, you know, asking to 
get involved and that has been, it's been really cool to just help other people get involved more and to grow the movement that way and it's also been really cool to just meet other people my age that have been working on this kind of stuff that I have been able to meet with and talk to that has just been super cool and just overall the response from classmates has been pretty overwhelmingly positive what would you say to someone who said, well, you're just too young to understand these things? I have gotten that pretty often. And my main response is, if I'm old enough to die in a school shooting, I am old enough to talk about it. It's kind of like that. It, honestly, that applies to any political issue. If I'm old enough to, fo to be forced to carry a pregnancy, I'm old enough to talk about Roe v. Wade. If I'm old enough to have to pay taxes, I'm old enough to discuss where those taxes are going. All of that stuff. If I'm old enough to be affected by something, then I should be old enough to discuss it and have my opinion heard on it. Are you hopeful? about the, this issue? I would say that I am cautiously hopeful. I think that we have had, I think as a whole, we have had a lot more positive responses to what we've been doing in the past than we have in the past. Um, and so I am hopeful that things will improve, but I have, I've seen disappointment with these things in the past. And so I would say my hope is pretty cautious because in general, I try to make it a rule to not get too excited about legislation. And so I would say that I am hopeful that things will change, and I think that they will to an extent, but I did not think that things will change quite to the extent that I am hoping that they will. I really admire you for, uh, for you know, that, that outlook and, and realizing that, um, it's just, you know, things are not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. It'd be great if they were, but it's not going to happen. So you just got to keep keep fighting. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it just breaks my heart to hear that you, you, go through, you have to go through all this stuff. Is there anything else um, that you want to tell our listeners? When I'm speaking on these type of things, the main note I really like to end off with is these people work for us. People we are voting into office are employees of the people. And so if you want to create change, the best way to do it is by hiring new employees. Voting is the biggest way that you can make change on your own. As horrendous as at least three Supreme Court rulings have been over the past couple of 
past week and a half or so, hopefully they wake some people up and mobilize some people to do what you're saying, you know, um, to really keep moving forward. Isabel Richards, I hope you have a great time in France uh, as, a, as an exchange student, and thanks so much for joining me here on the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.